When we begin homeschooling and when we're actually in the thick of it, we can get so bogged down and so focused on the here and now because it really is important. It is important to focus in on our kids here and right now. But what if we also add in the perspective of looking at it long term and saying, what really is going to matter? Is it going to matter that my child can't get through these math flashcards in the time that the curriculum says that they need to? Is that what's going to matter long term? I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode as I sat down and had a really great conversation with Elizabeth Santelman from Sunshine in My Nest. She offers a very unique perspective, and I think you're going to find it very interesting to be able to hear how she focuses on homeschool and how she views it because of her own upbringing and just the practical tips she's going to offer as well as just challenging you, but in a really good way to focus in on what is going to matter long term. I'm excited for you to listen to all that she has to share and to walk away from today's episode feeling encouraged and having some really great next steps to take on those areas that you're feeling the Holy Spirit just kind of nudging you during this episode as you listen to her and just what she has to share. And she just is is a beautiful person, and I'm excited for you to be able to Listen in on all of her wisdom and her really unique and amazing perspective. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Welcome to Little by Little Homeschool Podcast today, and I have a special guest that I know you are going to enjoy, and I'm actually really looking forward to this conversation because I feel like it's just two homeschool moms sitting down, having a conversation who have a lot of the same goals and vision and idea and the same, we come from the same value system and and worldview, and so I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so great to be here. So can we start off? I want you to share a little bit about yourself, your family, whatever it is you want to let the listener know about you. Absolutely. So my name is Elizabeth Santelman. I am married and live in Oklahoma. And my husband and I both grew up being homeschooled. We have three little boys. I never dreamed I would live in Oklahoma. In fact, as a teenager, I adamantly stated I would never live in Oklahoma, but God has a great sense of humor. And I met an amazing guy the one year that I worked here, um, and we've been here ever since. That's so funny. As God has definitely a sense of humor and a way of humbling us and bringing <laughs> us to places that he knows knows is best. And then I'm sure that you love where you're living now and you guys have created you know. What I've learned is Oklahoma has incredible people and an amazing homeschool community. And so we're well-loved and well-supported. So I still really miss the trees, but overall, I, I'd say it's a it's a, on the winning side of things. 
That's good. That's good to hear. So you and your husband are both are homeschooled. So I'm, I'm excited about these questions that I have for you. Cause I really think that's going to play into it. And I think you mm-hmm. have a unique perspective because a lot of moms and a lot of moms who listen are within their first couple of years or so of homeschooling and they don't quite see maybe how it's going to end up. And yeah. so, and there's a lot of guessing, there's a lot of wondering, there's a lot of anxiety Am I doing things right. And so you and your husband are proof that homeschoolers can get out in the world and survive. And well, maybe that's taking it a little <laughs> far. No, I <laughs> no, but, and the other thing is people can know I shoot really straight when it comes to homeschooling. Like there are some definite pitfalls that our own community has and that we need to call out. And there are also some really beautiful strengths that we can lean into kind of on both sides. You know, it's like the adage, you can pendulum swing too far one way or the other. And when you don't have accountability, because most the time homeschool families don't have accountability, we have to be responsible to be that for ourselves and like moderate ourselves. So yeah, it can definitely be a learned, a learned skill. So mm-hmm. I've got a couple questions. Like I mentioned, we're just going to jump straight into the deep end here with, with this first question. And, and that Sounds is good. how do you decide if you're failing in homeschool or maybe it's just, you need to ask for some help. Whew, yeah, that's a hard one, especially if you have toddlers or babies and The sad thing is like a lot of times the way that people are starting out isn't in their ideal scenario. We are starting out. We have one kid who we're homeschooling and then the other one is a toddler and the next one is an infant and like our hands and arms are full. One of the things that's really helped me is my husband and I created this communication system because a lot of times when I was in that stage, I didn't even know how to ask for help anymore. And most of the time, most of the time we do need to ask for help. Like that's almost always I found the answer. If we're exhausted and overwhelmed, it's because I have a friend who tells a joke. Sorry, I'm going to sideline here. But she said, you have to cook, you have to clean, you have to homeschool, but you only get to pick two because we're humans. (laughs) And so it is, it is. And so to me, the bigger thing is, is figuring out who to ask help of and how to get the resources that you need or figuring out what you need to lay down in order to do what you're holding well. So my husband and I created this number system together where I would write down one to 10, how I was feeling. One was like, please, when you get home, don't touch me. Don't let anybody touch me. I just need a cocoon of silence for a hot minute. And I'll reemerge when I have the ability not to yell at anybody. And all the way to 10, we're like, yeah, come home and ask me to do a project. I'm ready to go. And so on his way home from work, he would text me and he would ask what number I was at. And so it would have the feeling along with like probably how my body was feeling and then a list of things that he could do to most likely help me, like whether that was getting the dishes out of the sink or just taking the kids on a walk or something like that. Because when I was burnt out to some of those lower number points, I didn't even have the ability to look around and identify what I needed him to do next. And so it gave us the ability to talk. But the thing that I've heard from moms over and over on my Instagram account is that a lot of times their husbands are working jobs where theirs is really demanding. And so some incredibly creative people have actually created two charts. So their husband has one and they have one. And if the numbers don't add up to at least 10, they get pizza. And so like figuring out those little hacks for your family system, where if a person is overwhelmed, we're not continuing to pile additional things onto our plate or feeling like we're failing if we're not getting it all done. Because 
I think we can fall into the pit of pride in thinking that we can get everything done when really God is the only one who can do all things. And so learning to take a deep breath and recognize our humanity and build in some of those tools creatively that recognize our humanity, I think is something I wish I could have learned when my first was headed into homeschooling. That communication system is brilliant. It's simple. And Mm -hmm. I think that would benefit a lot to help your marriage and to also possibly head off any, we'll say, miscommunications or misunderstandings when one comes home from work or if they're working from home, they come out of their office. When the family is then reunited, there isn't a miscommunication, misunderstanding, which then can lead into an argument or Mm -hmm. just frustration and everything. So that's beautiful. Well, because a lot of wives... I've heard women say like, I don't want to ask. I just want him to know. And so it's kind of like a way to like, just let him know, like without having to like specifically ask XYZ, but it also prevents our husbands. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be at work all day and be driving home and not know what you're walking into. Like sometimes you open the door and Cinderella and all the mice have been at work and it's amazing. And then the next time you just like drop off a cliff as you step in, you know, and the, the chaos and the noise and like and like that not knowing anticipation like kind of removing some of that so both parents because I found most husbands really do want to help they just don't know what we need from them and so really clearly being able to give them a tool is really helpful because as you were saying that I'm thinking you never and I'm thinking about my own experience too my husband doesn't mm-hmm. they don't know what they're walking into because every mm-hmm. single day is different I think we forget that mm-hmm. as we think of it in motherhood, we forget sometimes with homeschool that yeah. people are going to wake up. There's going to have been maybe some sleep challenges overnight. There's going to be things <laughs> that you're rolling into the next day. There's yeah. just things we can't control and people's moods can be different. Well, they are different every single day. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's really true. That's a great way to, for you two to connect as well. And like you said, it's, they want to, they want to help out, mm-hmm. but they don't always know how to, how to help out. And so we can kind of make it clear. (laughs) Oh yeah. And so then I was saying like, so some people don't actually have a partner who's able to help. Maybe they have a a really physically demanding job and they can't, they don't have the energy to do stuff. I also created a list of things that I could do for myself to make my day better. So if I'm already at a two. That is not the time to be valiant. It's not the time to put on the cape and the armor and try to like do something incredible, recognizing, okay, what is going to be a win for me at this point is that I manage my own temper. I need to put myself into timeout, like my own mommy timeout. They need to see that as being something that I am the example of. And on those days, we turn on the TV and they have a movie time. Because I think sometimes as homeschool families, we can create certain things to be like the ultimate enemy when that's not the ultimate enemy. Having our own attitude reflect Christ to our children is what our ultimate goal should be. And so if we need to do things that are slightly less than ideal in order to hold up the ideal, I think we need to remove a little bit of that guilt for ourselves and and step into those things that allow us to be the best that we can for our kids. It also allows them to see that you are just human and that you make mistakes and the ability to apologize to our children is, I mean, not, not everybody has that. It wasn't something wonderful parents. It wasn't something that was modeled to me. So I had to Mm -hmm. learn it, learn to put Mm -hmm. aside my pride and 
I think that's, that's it. it I'm starting to see, because guess what? Kids, they, they have us figured out, especially with homeschool. They're around us all the time. They have it figured out. They know when mommy's about to blow. <laughs> uh-huh. True enough. True enough. And they can't, like, if we're a homeschool parent, they can't escape that. If you send your kid to school and they have a rough teacher, that's one year. And then they move on to a new teacher and they remember it as being a hard year. But when you're their mom and you're planning to homeschool, especially long-term, we have to be the type of teacher that they they want to delight in and be with. And so building in some of those release valves, I think is really important for us. I can and TV was the it. first one that came yeah. to mind. It's not a whole list of just like, let your kids watch TV. That is not the solution to everything. It's just, sometimes it gets to the point where that's going to be your best solution. So mm-hmm. I agree with that too. There's, there was movies that we had on repeat, you know, things like Swiss family Robinson or something like that. Yes, that yeah. was just or, on repeat. So <laughs> Or wild crats, you know, oh, things goodness, yes. that they're also learning. Another thing I've learned to do, cause uh, so my kids are 10, six and three. And so things that are outsourcing the learning a little bit, like by the time I've read everything, all the read alouds that I need to do, it's a lot of reading aloud. It takes a lot of time. And so what I've learned is like on YouTube, there are these incredible teachers and humans that will read aloud books to your children. And one of them, his name is Mr. Paul. I think it's read aloud with Mr. Paul. He must have been in theater at some point because the way he reads aloud Grimm's fairy tales, I could never. And so sometimes in exposing your kids to these other things, you're also providing yourself a release valve, but also they get to move into really beautiful things. So, you know, it's not that we have to turn on the most cheesy TV that we uh, like what pops up in our mind when what we're of what we're trying to avoid. Like we can we can find really good, wholesome, incredible resources that we're giving to our kids. They're continuing to learn as we take like a minute to breathe. Let's jump into the beginning of a homeschool year. I know that we are here in November, but this might Mm -hmm. be a good way. I also really try to for myself and I try to encourage moms that come because we're heading into the holiday season. We're in it already and it can be pretty intense. And so a really great time to kind of refresh. So maybe these questions can be a good, the good thing for them to do then as well, and then write them down and then you can do them next year too. But what are some questions that you ask at the beginning of each homeschool year to evaluate and to set some goals? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite things to do. I am a planner girl. And so I noticed if I rush headlong into stuff, like it's never as good as if I, I take a minute. So One of the things I like to ask is what was homeschool like at the beginning of the year? And that just gives like me a a space to gauge. How are things going? So for me, usually the beginning of the year is pretty hectic. We're trying to figure out routines. Then we've slid into routines. Occasionally there's something that in the chaos it gets dropped, but it was initially part of the curriculum that I wanted. So mid-year is a good time to like refresh and bring that back in or We finished this, and so it's a piece that's rotated off. What do I need to rotate in? Then I like to ask myself, what are the important things that I've learned so far? And that gives space like to celebrate some of the ways that you've grown and what you're seeing. One I ask at the beginning and and ending of every month is what was life giving to me? What was life draining from me? And like think through like what makes my body feel light and happy and joyful and I would want to do it again and revisit it. And what are the things that like when I realize when I know I have to do it, it's that drained feeling to the point where I don't want to get out of bed just because I have to do that one thing. And sometimes there are things we still have to push through and we have to do because it's good things that are necessary. 
But sometimes there are things that it's like, okay, so what can I adjust to make this less life draining and to move it into more of that life giving category or something that's doable? So another thing I like to ask myself is where am I feeling stuck? It may be I need to answer this for each of my kids. Is there some place my kids are feeling stuck? And what can I do to like alleviate that feeling for them or What do we need to focus on? Because one of the things for us so far in homeschooling that I've done is we have a focus subject for each child and I count it as a homeschool day if I've completed that subject. Usually we get all the subjects done, but I give myself the yes, we did it if they've completed whatever it is. And usually it's the piece of whatever's week. So for right now, for my first grader, If he is read aloud to me for the allotted amount of time, I consider that he was homeschooled for the day. Dad will do math when he gets home. And like I said, nine times out of 10, we get all the extras done. We get it all done. But I just, I feel like sometimes looking at the whole schedule was so much, I was overwhelmed enough to where I didn't get started. And so by giving myself those easy wins, it allowed me to just move along with the day. And so if your child is struggling with handwriting. If they've done the copy work that they need to do, you know that's what they need beefed up in. Your day counts as a homeschool win if that child has done that. And so then everything else feels like, whoa, I'm an amazing human. All of this is bonus. But then it also provides that accountability. Like every single day, this particular thing is going to happen, which allows them to make those strides in. So those stuck areas. And then, okay, so then here was the what worked or mattered this past segment of time. What didn't work or matter And then which goals have I met and which ones did I drop? And so those are things that I like to review, like you said, usually in January as we're coming up. Because I think sometimes if we just run as hard as we can, as fast as we can, and we never pause to look at the map and figure out the directions, we can look up at the end of the year and realize we went in a really weird direction that we weren't actually aiming for. And so like actually aiming and moving towards something specifically is worth those moments of pause and a deep breath. Sounds like you are very intentional and in sticking to your vision and you have goals and what are you trying to achieve? Because it's very easy to get off track. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate the point that you were making about check, you know, each child, what is the subject that we really need to focus in on? Because we think so much oftentimes in the school terms, and we think of the different periods they have, they have now is reading, and then they move to this class, they move to that class. Mm-hmm. And it's all given equal weight. But sometimes there are years where the handwriting needs to be more of a focus, the mm-hmm. reading needs to be more of a focus, the math needs to be more of a focus and get really good at the foundation, especially in the younger years. And because yeah. everything's built upon that. Yes. So I think that's yes. an important, I mean, everything you said was wonderful. <laughs> well, was and, and for those, like I evaluate that each month because kids in the little years change so fast. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, like for our oldest, we worked on reading. Reading was the focus for several months in a row. And then one year, or one month reading just clicked and all of a sudden it's like okay this is going to be good to like keep brushing up on but this isn't going to be what our focus is anymore like now we need to focus on handwriting and every single day we need to make sure we're at least doing a passage a certain amount long to like help him really build up those muscles for handwriting and so evaluating for each of our kids how we can buoy them up so that way because they find joy in their homeschool when they're when they're feeling supported in those ways. 
this is the really cool part about being able to tailor make their education and recognizing exactly where maybe they're struggling or they have a little bit of a weakness even, and we mm-hmm. get to pour into that. And yes, you're right. It could just be a matter of a couple of weeks of pouring into that and then click that they've, yep. that has kind of, yeah, it's, it's clicked and they're able then to feel confident, more confident in that area. So with yeah. all this stuff that you're talking about and just thinking about homeschool moms, how do you decide what you actually have energy for? Oh, wow. That's hard because it is like, if, if you only have time to cook and only have time, or you don't, you have to cook, you have to clean, you have to homeschool, but you can only pick two of them. Like how, how do you figure out what to hold and what to put down? So a big piece of that for me is figuring out like what that one thing that I'm going to work on is and doing that one thing with excellence. So maybe that means Monday through Thursday, we really are excellent at homeschool. And then Friday, we choose to do like a deep clean of our house. And so I think sometimes moms are really good at multitasking, but then they can't really do with excellence each of the pieces, or they fall into bed so exhausted because they weren't made to do everything. I've started to think about my years in seasons, like for us in Oklahoma, summer and winter are equal because my children won't go outside and play in them because it's 105 often in Oklahoma during the summer. And so learning to think through our school year in like our feasts for school year is going to be summer and winter. That's the time they don't want to go outside. They're going to be under my feet anyway. So if I'm creating the activities, I'm not going to be a cruise director, but I would love to help pour into you all these beautiful things and this knowledge and feed your curious brain as much soul food as it needs. But then thinking of our spring and our fall as the time that I step back a little bit from that and focus on all of the projects that have been accumulating when they're willing to be outside. They want to be outside. They rejoice in the outside time at that point. And honestly, then they would prefer to run out away from me than to come in and do school and be under my feet. And so what do I need to focus on and accomplish in those spring and um, fall seasons? Another thing that I've learned is as women, our bodies work that same way. As we're moving into our period, we struggle a lot more with frustration and anger because we're a lot more introspective. And so learning to ask myself the questions of what I need to put down at that time of the month ends up being so much more likely for success because I am already wanting to put things down at that time of the month. So if it's not important enough to hold, then maybe it's maybe it's not the thing that I need to focus on for this like month of my life. So is there is there a book club you agreed to join because it sounded like a lot of fun, but your period comes and you're like, I don't even even want to go because I don't like being with those people anyway. Then maybe that's a good thing to put down. You know, a book club was a great idea, but it's not it's not serving and bringing joy. Service opportunities, I feel like can be similar. I think we are called to serve our communities, but there's also seasons. So if you're finding that you're serving every single day of the week and you're exhausted and drained and you're not feeling like God is using you to pour into people, maybe that those times of exhaustion, it's time to like figure out what you need to put down just for that season. Uh, I think we can all have ideals and it's beautiful to stick to them as much as possible. But sometimes in order to stick to the things that are ideal, we have to set aside all the things that are good, but aren't serving toward that. And so, 
yeah, choosing to just like pause occasionally and analyze what I need to let go has been so helpful for me. I love the season example that you've given. And I really kind of have started, have begun to operate in that within the past, whatever, half a dozen years or something like that. And Mm -hmm. we are, we're made to feel like as women, as moms and homeschool moms, that every day should be the same. We should all be feeling the same, but we know, I mean, we can ask our husbands, they know we're not feeling in our (laughs) moods or not. Well, and our husbands don't either, you know, like it's interesting, those hormone cycle things, like theirs is works on a I, from what I've read, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical professional, but I like to read books by them. And so according to what they've said, like men's biological clock, like they wake up with a lot of energy in the morning. They're social around the afternoon and then a little bit more dead tired toward the evening, which isn't super helpful for us, but it's the way that it is. Uh, and so um, like recognizing all of us as humans, like it's not just women. And I think sometimes we can tend to focus on women or ourselves, but it's, it's humanity generally. And our children as well. They're not, they're not little robots who are going to be programmed and going to work the same, you know, and have the same, I mean, they can wake up in a bad mood and you're like, what did I do? You know? Yeah. I thought you got a good sleep. And (laughs) and then not pushing through to make them do all kinds of chaos or like this incredible lesson plan that you came up with yesterday when they were feeling so happy, but to like have wisdom to be like, yeah, this is not going to go well. Like there's, there's no point. I think it's back to the choosing your hills to die on things. This is not how I want to go. Like, yeah. Yep. And putting things aside and recognizing when you're talking about the the summer and the winter. So I live in the Northeast, so I don't necessarily, mm-hmm. the summer can get hot, but still it's not, it's not nearly as hot as you, but the winter mm-hmm. was always the time with our homeschool. I, that I knew that we would start, it'd still feel like summer and be the fall. And then it would get to be the holidays. I'm like, it doesn't matter if we didn't get to the point where I thought I wanted to get to January, February, March, we are homebound. <laughs> I mean, we went out, you know, they could play all afternoon in the snow and everything, but yeah. I was like, we could get our stuff done. And and that was, I felt like the bulk of our homeschool year happened January through March, which I had to watch out for burnout because that yes. is pretty, yes. pretty intense and it's dark and it's cloudy and it's dreary out and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you decide how to choose to spend your time during the homeschool day, which you've probably kind of gave us a little bit of examples, but is there anything yeah. else that you haven't yet? Well, so I think a lot of, I think what you're saying has a lot of wisdom in like looking at how your kids are thriving. So, so far as the homeschool mom, every year has looked entirely different. At the beginning, we were just doing little nuggets of learning. It's okay. I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes. We're going to read together. And we would do like our 100 easy lessons book or the readers. And we would, we'd practice as I got a little older, but they didn't quite have that longevity. We would do 10 minutes on and then 20 minutes off and like cycle back and forth. Oh, and even before that, I didn't understand why homeschool moms wanted to do everything in the morning because my kids had so much energy in the morning. It's crazy. I have all little boys. So they could jump and roll and tumble and whatever. They just woke up with so much energy. And so we started doing afternoon school after they had had rest time. We would settle down like that last witching hour before daddy came home when all of us were kind of done with life anyway. It just gave us something to aim for and something fun to do. They wanted me to just sit and be with them anyway. And so I would just settle in and we would learn together. And so like looking for those little moments where things automatically tuck in instead of doing what 
the Instagram influencer you follow is saying, or even what people are saying works on a podcast, leaning into what's your personality, what's your kid's personality, and how can I serve that? So for some families, they love to go. And some of our sweet friends like go to the library and these there are these learning rooms and they tuck themselves into the learning room and that way they don't have to stare at the same four walls. They can go stare at a different set of four walls. Or another friend will take her kids to a, a bakery or coffee shop and they'll just settle in at a table and do that. I do not love going. That will never, like it looks beautiful. I love the idea. But being home is just it, the stability and routine of it is how my kids and I work best. And so looking at what works for you and your kids and leaning into it unapologetically, because it doesn't have to look like what the model is, as long as your kids are getting their learning done, I think that's what counts most. Yes. I'm like, yes, praise hands over here. The unapologetically <laughs> part too was like, yes, wow, yes don't yeah. apologize for the way that yeah. you are homeschooling just because it doesn't look like somebody else. It might never look like them and to lean in. And yeah. and like we were saying, you know, things could be different in different seasons. And yeah. just because this year, maybe you can't get out as much. Maybe you're somebody who does want to get out and do stuff. Maybe this year you can't get out as much, maybe the next year, or it might be a few years and they get a little bit older, but just. Yeah. Or if you don't like co-op, don't go to co-op do play dates instead. If you don't like to arrange play dates, but you know your kids want friends, do co-op. You know, there's so many, based on the mom's personalities and the kids' personalities, there are 150 million ways that all this can mix and match. So so as we kind of wrap up here, one more, one more question. I feel like this one's, we started off with a hard hitter and this one too. How do we as homeschool moms, how do we not lose our children in the process of homeschooling? Yeah, this one's really big. And I think it goes back to focusing on our own heart and our own attitude, cultivating humility and allowing your children to point out in the ways that you're sinning. Because like I said, closer to the beginning, as homeschool moms, we're putting ourselves and our children in a really unique position where they don't have a lot of adults pouring into their life. And I absolutely think we should try to figure out how to diversify that as much as possible. Studies show that kids stay in the faith if they have three or four adults who all believe the same things that are pouring into them. And so as homeschool parents, we have to work a little bit harder in order to figure out those people to put into their lives. But we are more isolated with our kids and so whether that means seeking out wise counsel, if you know you have an anger problem, maybe going to therapy for that and working on it, seeking counsel from a pastor, really taking the time to work on ourselves because the stakes are really high when you homeschool because you are the person pouring into your kids and God can redeem it. He's amazing. He's huge and can overcome our mistakes. Cause I think this is one of those ditch things. We can either not look at ourselves and pass over some really big flaws that we should have had someone pour into. But I think on the, on the other side of that is we can beat ourselves up and think we're doing such a horrible job and have so much self-loathing that we walk every day in misery instead of joy too. And so learning to trust the people who really deeply know you. And if they say, no, you're doing a fantastic job, like walk in that faith and keep praying for the humility that if something is revealed 
revealed to the opposite, that you will pour that out before God and choose to change and seek the help that you need in order to make that happen. But the number of kids that I've seen with learning disabilities or things because people are too scared to talk to the mom about it, I think we have to really work hard as the protector of these small people that we care so much about to surround ourselves with good, solid community who can be honest with us. Your answer is probably unexpected to okay. the listener, but that's good. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. We often forget the equation of mom when it comes mm-hmm. to homeschool and the old the super cliche, if you can't pour out from an empty cup, but if that cup is drained and dried out or it's filled up with dirty water, mm-hmm. then you, you can't pour out and, and your fuse is going to be short. You're going to get burned mm-hmm. out really easily and quickly. And your kids aren't they aren't, they aren't going to be fed like you know that you can if you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that encouragement to get some help and to ask others to find those mm-hmm. trusted to come alongside you. And you mentioning having those come alongside your kids. I second that completely as someone with older kids. I have a 21-year-old, 19-year-old, and almost 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. It was definitely God sharing that with me because I didn't have the internet. I didn't have when, when they were yeah. younger like yours. We didn't have Instagram to watch these Instagram influencers. I didn't have anybody to say things. And so it must have been books. I went to the Christian bookstore and bought books and it wasn't even buying them online or anything. Mm-hmm. And God was so good and faithful and, and impressing that upon me. And I was like, okay, so who who can it be to yeah. come alongside? Because myself growing up in a Christian home, it was my parents and I had others. I had my youth pastor mm-hmm. and they're always a little bit crazy and wacky and stuff, mm-hmm. but I was like, I need people that my kids respect and really look up to and that they can click and connect with as yeah. well. And yeah. so finding those people along the way, we ended up moving and I had to find new people and it's been amazing too. And I never had to ask these people to come alongside and with my kids. I just try to create opportunities and they just did it, which is, which is beautiful. So I think as us, as homeschool moms, we should look for where we can come alongside other kids as well. I think that's the piece that having been homeschool alumni for my husband and I watching our friends and their families and, and there's a lot of humility in knowing what's done behind closed doors will out. And if you are living as the perfect little homeschool family at church, and then you get in the car and dad immediately starts screaming and there's issues that aren't being dealt with, you're not being authentic with the people in your life who can challenge you. It really seems like that's where things start to go off the rails. I think as homeschool families, we really want our kids to turn out. And like there's an element of God is the one who creates heart change. But it seems like the place that he's given his best space to work is when mom and dad are submitting to God's will and living out their faith in a way that's it's authentic because our kids can tell if we're genuine because they get to watch all of the minutes of our lives. And then they they can tell like when you've been yelling at them and then you answer the phone and you're like, hello, or you are so sweet and chatty with your friends and say, oh, I just love my children so much. And I love homeschooling. And then you're at home and you're like, oh, I don't want to even get out of bed. This is so awful. Like, you know, we've got to And if you're in that space, there's nothing wrong with being depressed to the point where it's you're struggling to get out of bed. That's something that humans experience. And there are people who would love to help you with that. There are resources like there is something wrong with it in the sense it's not normal and we need to get help. But we shouldn't feel guilty about needing that help. We need to seek the resources and the people who can help us figure out what the underlying problem is there that 
we can move into a place of joy because our kids are going to be able to tell and see if our outside life and our inside life don't match up. That's right. There is something that I didn't expect with homeschooling and or motherhood in general. It's something <laughs> that we kind of figure Ooh. out. And, and I, and I love that. And I, and I so appreciate you saying that and being able to speak that into the moms that are listening. So I've got some amazing women that listen to this podcast. And so I know right now, some of them are saying, how can I connect with Elizabeth? Where should we send them? Yeah. So you can find me at Sunshine in My Nest. By the time this comes out, I'm going to be launching a Bible study for people who are subscribed to the email. And so one of the things I really struggled with during the little years is feeling like I was spiritually starving. There wasn't enough time to to dig into God's word the way that I wanted. And so I figured like I'm figuring out how to condense all of that down so that it's accessible enough for moms who are completely overwhelmed and trying to add on deeper pieces that you can add on as you have time for, or you can stick with the basics. So I hope it can be like just a place to find a bite of spiritual food in a place that can feel really dry. Well, thank you. I will list all of the links in the show notes so listener can jump straight to you and find everything. You have a podcast and you and I connected over Instagram. So you share a lot there. And so I appreciate today having this uh, conversation and sharing with us a little bit about your life and your homeschool and just the encouragement that you have to offer us. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that you joined us here today on this podcast episode, and I know that you've walked away with a couple of little tips here and just even something like that communication that Elizabeth has with her husband so that when he comes home from work, they are on the same page and they know exactly how each other are doing, how the day has been going, and I'm excited for you to be able to implement some of these ideas that she has shared today. As I mentioned, I will link in the show notes all the links to be able to follow Elizabeth and be able to connect with her and be encouraged from her beyond just this podcast episode. So thank you for listening today, and I will see you in a couple more days. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.